I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Don't fret, uh, Kat and JJ will be back on next week as they have returned from their honeymoon, so I'm excited to get some episodes in with them. But this episode, we have the always amazing Catherine. She is our neighborhood medium psychic. I don't know why I made her Spider-Man there, but that's uh, who she is. She has like the it. she has the murder and mediumship podcast. Medium and which one is it, Catherine? No, my, my brain really is like Jello. <laughs> murder and mediumship. You okay. nailed it. Okay. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, she has the Murder and Mediumship podcast, and she's always doing new segments on there, which is really fun. I have been on there myself and really enjoyed my time. So if you enjoy her on this podcast, make sure you check out her podcast. And even more importantly, if you just want to help her out because you enjoy her here, give her podcast a five-star review and write something nice about it, a rating and review. And on this episode, we have a really awesome guest. Her name is Daisy. She contacted us saying that she had listened to the podcast and she wanted to come on and share her stories. Daisy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. How did you discover Real Hauntings? Well, I have this app on my phone called CastBox. And so I have different paranormal um, podcasts. And then I think I typed in ghosts and then you guys popped up and I saw the little ghost emoji. So I decided to check it out and I started listening and I just, I love it. I became hooked. Yeah, I really owe my wife for designing that ghost emoji. I kind of had an idea and I was like, it's kind of what I'm thinking. And then she did it on her iPad and I was like, that's perfect. That's absolutely what I, I wanted. And so many guests are like, well, you know, I saw that ghost and it kind of cute. And I was like, let's give this one a chance. And, and they yeah. us. Um, well, that's so great. I know your email, it looks like you've experienced some really interesting 
paranormal, supernatural stuff. Um, as a listener of the podcast, you know, we love to find out where our guests fall on the supernatural scale. Zero meaning they absolutely do not believe in ghosts. And 10 ghosts are real. Where do you fall on that scale? Definitely a 10. Okay. I, I know they're out there just based on my experiences, but I am an open-minded skeptic. So if I hear bumps in the night, I don't automatically assume, oh, it's a ghost. I always try to think logically and, and rationalize things that I hear before I assume it's a ghost. But yeah, I, I definitely give it a 10. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, we do love our 10 episodes. So let's jump right in because I know that you've been experiencing stuff for some time. When did your first supernatural experience occur? Well, I've had experiences since I was a little girl. As far as I can remember, I think I was maybe five, five years old. It used to happen in every place that we live. It was myself, my parents, my brothers. And it seemed like every single place that we moved into was always some, there was always something happening there. I just thought it was the locations. I said, that's weird that every place that we move into happens to be haunted. And so as I got older, you know, there, there were times when I didn't have any experiences, but ever since I was a little girl, I've had um, paranormal experiences. And then when I turned, I believe it was 14, around 14 or 15, I started getting sleep paralysis. And I thought this was an isolated issue just because it wasn't talked about back then. Back then there was no internet. And so I didn't even know that there was millions of people going through this. And, and I still have sleep paralysis, but back then it was just, I couldn't understand what was happening to me because the very first, very first time I had sleep paralysis, it was midday and I was taking a nap at my friend's house. All of a sudden I'm, I wake up and I can't move and I'm frozen and I, I, I was fully awake. I can see everything, but I couldn't move. At the end of my bed, on the foot of my bed, I saw this girl standing there and she's just looking at me with this abnormal, humongous smile from ear to ear and her eyes were black and I could not could not get myself to get out of the bed mm -hmm. I was so paralyzed and then I just had to wait when it finally subsided I jumped out of the bed trying to run out of the bedroom and only to fall on the floor because my body was just completely weak I, I it was I couldn't feel anything so I, I fell and that was the very first time and then and then from there I just I've had those experiences but what I did notice was that I, I would get sleep paralysis on a daily basis was when I was under stress. And so I, I'm sure it's maybe psychological. It has to do something with your brain, maybe, perhaps. But the interesting thing is that every time I get sleep paralysis, I hear this loud ringing in my ears right before I get paralyzed. And then that ringing in my ears turns into like whispering. I hear like people talking in my ear, like just both ears. And I almost feel like they're getting a kick out of watching me not move. And the more I try to fight it, I can't, it, it, it feels stronger. Hmm. So I learned to just let it happen. And you can't fight it. You cannot yeah. fight it because the more you fight it, the stronger it becomes. Sure. And it is a pretty unnerving thing, especially the first couple of times, or gosh, even for me, I would say the first 15 times that I experienced sleep paralysis until I could, kind of like you were saying, there were identifying markers that I started to associate with it being that experience. And then 
like I could just kind of wait for it to be over, um, which, you know, isn't fun. <laughs> and that is unfortunately how people deal with a lot of different traumas um, that aren't even just sleep paralysis. But I'm curious, Catherine, up until, and, and this will be spoiler free, but up until I'd seen the movie, the horror movie Smile, and I'm not sure if you've seen that, I was unfamiliar with this lore or concept of ghosts or spirits having these huge kind of terrifying smiles. And now that I've seen that movie, I don't know if I'm just hearing it more in the podcast or what, but it really feels like we've had four or five guests who have described similar events that took place in that movie where they're seeing these entities or people and and several of them have actually been doppelgangers that have had these huge smiles. Catherine, throughout your work as a medium and psychic and the experiences just you've had in your own life, are you familiar with these entities and these huge smiles? And if so, what do you think that's all about? I, I've heard of it before, but I've never heard someone describe having actually seen it. And I also have not seen probably any of the more recent horror movies that have come out because my husband won't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't watch them. I will watch them alone, but I haven't, I haven't been up late enough to decide to watch something stupid like that by myself lately. Yeah. Um, what I will say though, is as she's describing that the, the pain, the, not the pain, but that's interesting that that's the word that slipped out. Um, the feeling that I get, I don't know if you saw me with like the chills over here over and over again, but that feels like a very negative, heavy energy to me. And the fact that it drained her that's horrifying. And mm -hmm. that's what I would describe as above my pay grade. That's where I would reach out to someone who is more, um, more well rehearsed in, in doing that sort of work, because that's serious work to do. And I do want to say that as far as sleep paralysis is concerned, it makes sense that I have a very, I really believe this. I believe that yes, it's medical, but it's also a spiritual experience. I believe it's both. And stress automatically is going to lower your vibration. And when your vibration is lower, it's going to open you up to more lower vibrational experiences. So if you're at like, if you're not super stressed out, I would bet that you're not experiencing sleep paralysis when you're in a good place in your life, you're not going to have it. And I haven't had it in quite a while, but I, I have experienced, and hopefully this helps someone who's listening ever since I was attuned with Reiki, I learned by happenstance that if you start to allow rather than it's kind of like swimming, um, don't swim against the tide swim. What is it like, like horizontal to it or whatever they say. You have to like picture like this bright white light in your mind because you can't really move, right? It's paralysis. And you can, for me, I would always be doing that, like humming with your mouth shut, trying to scream to wake myself mm -hmm. up out of it. And if you can picture, if you can take that conscious deep breath and just picture white light, you can end it faster. Just so <laughs> you know, you don't have to wait through it. You don't have to experience it, but you can send that white light to it. Um, And as far as the smile thing though, I have not, knock on wood, seen that. I'll be doing a little extra um, protection tonight, but I know what you're talking about and that overall feeling, it's not, it doesn't feel human to me. And yeah. I don't, I don't like that at all. So I've never gone too far down the dark and heavy rabbit hole because like I've expressed before, I'm a big chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, as Daisy said, and you talked about as well, there does seem to be some connection 
with sleep paralysis and stress for some people, myself being one of those people, it wasn't until I really started seeing a therapist during the pandemic and got on Lexapro, you know, I went from having sleep paralysis pretty often, uh, at a minimum, like once a month, if not more frequent to having it happen, maybe once or twice in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I know for me, it was directly connected to that. So Daisy, you've had these experiences as you were, you know, uh, young, you were moving around and, it, and, you know, you were having these sleep paralysis. Did it at that young age, did it venture past sleep paralysis or was that the primary experience you had with the supernatural at that time? We would hear things in the house and we would see things, but it was not just me. It was my brothers um, that would also witness it. And for pretty much our youth, my youth, yeah, it was it was a lot of just noises, uh, rattling in the kitchen, like the silverware. I remember there was one time it was just me and my brothers, and we heard the kitchen, the the silverware in the drawer started shaking. And my brother was little. One of my brothers, he's the daredevil. He said, "I'm going to go check it out." He's like, "I'm not scared." Blah 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 blah. And at that point, I had stopped. But then he walked into the kitchen. As soon as he walked into the kitchen, it started rattling like violently. And all the silverware was just out of place. So he stormed out of the kitchen, jumped on the bed, and started screaming. And then we started calling out for our parents because both of them were outside. And we could see them from the window. So we were calling out to them. My mom came in and she was like, what the heck is going on? And she got pretty upset because she didn't believe any of what was happening. For some weird reason, the stuff would happen when they were not home. Of course, yeah. But then my mom started hearing things too. And sometimes she would tell us, if you guys don't go to sleep, you're going to start hearing noises. And sure enough, we would hear noises in the closet. We would hear marbles throwing, thrown on the floor. And we were all in bed. So things like that we would experience. Um, but now that I'm older, uh, it, it's just, it went from ghosts to me um, having like almost premonitions. Hmm. And I've had dreams where someone is going to die and then they end up dying. Um, it's interesting because my symbol for when someone is going to die is I hear an owl. Now I live in LA, so there's no owls in the city. But for some weird reason, I hear an owl and then someone dies. Wow. So what happens now is whenever I hear an owl, which I, I freak out whenever I hear it because I know that someone's going to die. So what I do now is whenever I hear an owl, the last time I heard an owl, I think it was two years ago. And... I send a, a group text to my family and I say, you guys, I heard the owl. You guys need to be careful. And and it and it's really stressful for me because not knowing who's going to die, but knowing that someone is going to die hmm. is a lot of weight on me. And so I, I just I, I don't even know how to how to even it, it's not something that I can ignore, but it's something that I've had. It's happened like at least four times when I hear the owl and then uh, back two years ago, it was one, two, three people died the same year hmm. in a matter of six months from the time I heard the owl. And when my, when my dad passed away in 2017, I had a dream with him. I seen him in bed covered in blood and my teeth. Oh, that's another one. When I have dreams with my teeth falling out, I know that there's someone that's going to die. And it's not just my teeth falling out. They're bloody. They have to be bloody. 
And, and I differentiate that now because I've had dreams where my teeth are falling out, but there's no blood and no one dies. But then when I have dreams and there's blood coming out, I know someone's going to die. And that's what happened with my dad. I had the dream where I seen him in bed. He had, he was covered in blood. And then I had the dream with the teeth. And I told my mom, I said, my dad at the time was vacationing in El Salvador. And I said, mom, I said, how's that doing? She said, oh, he's, he's okay. I said, I had a dream of him. I said, and I had a dream that my teeth were falling out. I said, and I don't think he's okay. So I said, when you talk to him, tell him to take care of himself. And three weeks passed and he passed. Hmm. And so, you know, things like that, that um, when I would have dreams um, or premonitions, uh, it's just like so many different things. And, and I started kind of losing my mind because I said, this, is, this cannot be a coincidence. There's just way too many things happening to me. And at one point I, I was blaming myself because I felt like I was maybe jinxing people because when I would think something, it would happen. Let me give you an example. Um, so back in 2019, I have a friend who's a celebrity. And one morning on a Saturday, I was, you know, up by my couch. I don't know what I was doing. I was kneeling. I was looking for something underneath my couch. And all of a sudden, I had this vision in my head, in my mind's eye, that I was sitting at work at, in front of my desk, looking at my computer, and I'm here at work, and I'm opening up uh, the internet. And when, I'm, when I open up the internet, Yahoo to be exact, I always look at the headlines. I never read into the news just because I don't like the news. But in my mind's eye, when I opened up the internet, I saw my friend had confirmed that her husband had passed away hmm. from suicide. This was in my mind's eye. And so I was like, oh, stop. Why are you thinking these negative things? And so I, I shook it off and I, I couldn't believe that I was thinking these things, right? So this was on Saturday, that following Tuesday, I was sitting at work at my desk. I opened up the internet. It was around 8.30 in the morning. And what do I see as one of the headlines? My friend had confirmed that her husband had committed suicide. Well, I'm sorry that you've had to go through that. That sounds like... I, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I, was, I, I went into shock. I, mm. I couldn't believe it because... It, it had come to my mind a few days before and here I am reading it. So it was like a double whammy for me. And I cried and I cried and I never told her only because how do you, how do you tell someone that? Yeah. And I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said anything to her prior anyway, just because I would have sound crazy and sure. I would have definitely lost that friendship. But for a long time, it, it bothered me because I felt that maybe if I would have said something to her, his death could have been prevented. But after listening to different podcasts and people that get these um, premonitions or mediums also, they say that it's not a good idea, that no, it's not my place to say these things to, you know, whomever it is that is going to die. You just don't do that. So I'm glad I didn't because I know that she would not have. Hmm. She would have, yeah, she probably would have cussed me out. But you know, and it's weird because a few months before he took his own life, when I would talk to her on the phone and ask how she was doing, she was doing concerts and shows. Every time she would talk about her husband, even though she never told me he was depressed or suicidal, and she never even knew that. She never even knew he was suicidal. But every time I would talk to her and she would talk about him, I would see the word depression 
in my head, the, the word written out in my head, depression, sadness, suicide. And I didn't know why this was coming into my head when I was talking to her. And I never mentioned it to her because again, what am I going to say, by the way, is he, is he depressed? She, she would have right. kicked my butt. She probably would have cussed me out. And so that was one, one of the things that um, I think that was because I had someone taking their life. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's just one of the things that, that happens to me. Yeah. That's a lot to take on for sure. I mean, that's um, not only emotionally challenging to deal with knowing that something potentially bad is going to happen to somebody else, especially when it's people that you care about and that you're connected to. I think that adds a whole nother level, but I think it's also probably challenging coming into evolution of whatever this gift is, if you want to call it that, um, with the spirit world and and trying to figure out, you know, how, how does this affect me as I move on as a person? That's, that's gotta be really tough. And, you know, it's just kind of kismet that we have Catherine on this episode. I'm going to turn the mic over to her because this is 100%, you know, her world. So Catherine, I'd love to hear your take on this. Okay, as far as death goes, what you're what you're saying right now, everything you just described is something I have heard from multiple of my students. I probably like more of them than not, honestly, have said this. I dream about people who are about to die and then they die, or I hear that they're going to die and then they do, or I know someone's sick, they have cancer and I don't know what to do with it. And there's two different schools of thought with this. And one is what you expressed, which is what my school of thought is as well. It's not our place. It's not our place, especially if it can't be prevented to speak it. And if it's not your place to speak it, I actually have um, set really strong boundaries myself around death. I, If someone were to ask me, when is so-and-so going to die or when am I going to die? I can't see that because I've chosen not to. I don't believe it's my place. However, um, this episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. With that being said, you can absolutely remove that from like the uh, the type of information that you receive. You can kind of block that out because if if you can't do anything about it, then why should you carry that burden? That's kind of the way that I see it. It's it's not mentally healthy to carry that. And it's especially if it's something that you can't fix or change, it's not yours to know. So you ask it to be removed. And and that's something I could go into so much detail over. So I'd be happy to talk to you about that like off the show too. But it's so important to know that you don't have to receive information like that. It's just that losing people is one of your biggest fears. So that's the information that comes in the loudest to you. Because you already have this like sensor going off saying like, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this. So that's kind of the information because that's the loudest part of you. That's what comes to you, if that makes sense. And as yeah. far as the the teeth, it's so funny you're saying that because that was one of my most common dreams as well um, for a very long time. And I don't dream like that anymore. I get a good solid night of sleep as long as my children allow it, which isn't often, but it's never spirit Hardly ever. I'm not challenging anyone right now that wakes me up in the middle of the night anymore, nor is it dreams. And it all comes down to taking the power back on your side of things. Everything you're saying, and I know you didn't come on here to hear this, but maybe you did. It's you're, you sound like a very gifted intuitive and a very gifted medium. And if every place you've ever lived is haunted, it's not the places you've lived, it's you. So it's more important to learn how to channel that and use it good rather than be beaten down by it and, and exhausted by it. It's it's an incredibly powerful shift. So you can stop that from happening. And I would love to explain more of that to you um, because it's, it's very possible and it, it gives you a freedom from feeling like you have to carry that. It's back to Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's true. So it's not you. It's not that you're a jinx and it's not that it's negativity coming to you. It's just that this is the knowledge that you are like subconsciously choosing to receive. So you can choose to receive different things. And it's a very simple switch. It honestly is. Um, That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, for a long time, I, I kept all, the, all this from my family. Mm-hmm. And then when my dad passed away in 2017, I didn't know anything about mediums, just so you know. I always thought mediums were fraud. The only medium I knew about was I Teresa. <laughs> so when my dad passed away, my brother, what, he booked a reading with a medium. And he said, 
you know, I want you to come with us. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to go. That's just, it's all fake. Something in my head said, you know what, just just go. Just go in there, be open-minded about it. And we went to go see this medium who was very, very good, by the way. Everything he told us, he was spot on. I mean, I was just floored by everything. And he did not have to fish for any information. And the whole time that we were there, he was only making eye contact with me, which, by the way, a few days before, that's the image I had in my head, that he was only going to be making eye contact with me. But he knew right away when he saw me, he said, oh, you've had experiences all your life. And then at that time, I was already having experiences after my dad died. There was a lot of um, stuff going on in the apartment that I was living in. And he said, you've seen your dad. And I said, really? I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, you've seen your dad. He said, but every time you hear something or you see something, you doubt yourself and you think you're going crazy and you get so scared. He said that you're blocking it out. And that's when, that was the very first time that actually someone told me that, that I was gifted and that I can sense people like energies, which was true because I was sensing people, you know, like an empath. I could feel when someone's leg was hurting or someone's mood, which I hate because my moods were up and down all the time. Mm -hmm. I even went to go see a shrink because I really thought something was wrong with me. And when I went to go see the psychiatrist, one hour session, he determined that I was bipolar. I said, really, in one hour, you, you think I'm bipolar? And so when we went to go see that medium, that's when I got validation or I got confirmation that everything that I was experiencing was a gift. And what he told me was, you need to embrace it. He said, and it's not just you, but your daughter also has this gift. And he just said, don't be scared anymore. He said, and don't doubt yourself. He said, and, and when you start seeing things or hearing things, just ask, what does it want? And I still get scared. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would. I would definitely get scared. I've only I still had, do. <laughs> yeah, like two two substantial experiences, and they both uh, were pretty scary to me. You know, it sounds like you've really had this metamorphosis of events, and you met a medium who kind of helped walk you through some of this stuff. Where I, I know we've got, um, you know, at least one more big experience to talk about, but. As you sit now, do you do you feel more empowered by this gift or is it still kind of a struggle for you, even though you're trying to lean into it and embrace it? This is all still very new to me. Um, sadly, I've been numbing myself for a very long time, whether it be with alcohol or medication. I was self-medicating because I just couldn't bear the, the, the and I was, I was, suffering from so much anxiety that I, I, I mean, even now I, I don't like being out in crowds. I get so overwhelmed with being out in crowds. Mm -hmm. So I started doing crystals and I came across Reiki, which it's crazy because when I was little, I didn't know anything about Reiki until a few years ago, I learned about Reiki. But when I was little, I used to use my hands to scan people's body for some weird reason. When I was a kid, I used to love scanning like my mom's body because I could feel different temperatures around her body. So I would play as I would play doctor and I would feel cold spots on her body. And I would say, Oh, let me, let me heal this. And it was not just, it was until maybe about four years ago that I came across Reiki. And I was like, that's a real thing. I had no idea that what I was doing actually exists. 
so I started looking more into it and I decided to become a take the Reiki courses and so now I'm a Reiki master and uh and I practice I try to practice it as much as I can because what I've what I've noticed is that the more I practice it the more intuitive I you know I, I connect more with the people mm-hmm. and so yeah that that's uh something that I, I just recently I, I think this year is my year that I'm going to work on on the gifts that I have because I'm all over the place so I don't even know where to begin I mean I know mostly has been anxiety because of the picking up the energies so now I just do the sage thing I do try to do meditation I wear my bracelet for protection and that helps it it helps me a lot so but I want to dive more into the other things and you know like the dreams of the premonitions what can I do with that stuff because it's not every day that I get these hits it, 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 I just don't know when it's going to happen. And so I want to learn how to better tap into it, so to yeah. speak, you know? Um, so like when I used to, I started doing volunteer uh, work at, at one of the hospitals in Pasadena and uh, I would do Reiki there. And when I would do Reiki on the nurses, they would all have different experiences. Hmm. They, one of them would say, okay, I feel tired. I think I'm ready for a nap. Uh, one of them had a headache, which I was able to to feel that. I asked her, I said, I said, I felt like she had a headache because I started feeling the headache. And I just said, do you you have a headache? I said, because I feel a really bad headache right now. And she said, I have a migraine. I said, okay, I think you need to drink water. I don't know why I said that. I just felt like she was dehydrated. And she says, yeah, she says, I I haven't had water because they were so busy. And, uh, but as soon as I said that, and then I did the Reiki, because I was only doing maybe like 15 minutes on them because there were nurses. Um, she felt like it was subsiding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I've had people who just get hyper. Some people get emotional and it, it's, it's different for everyone. It's yeah. different for everyone. I do Reiki on my daughter every month, right before she gets her menstrual because she gets really bad cramps. So now she schedules me. She's like, Mom, I need to book a Reiki <laughs> session with you. And so I do I do Reiki on her a few days before because right. it helps her. And she says, Mom, I don't know if it's, it has to be the Reiki, she says. And especially when I place crystals in that area, she she doesn't get as severe pain as she was getting before I started doing Reiki on hmm. her because even the medication wasn't helping. Well, I do want to jump in because we are coming up on our hour. I want to get to one of the stories that you emailed us about that sounded pretty significant where it 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 got to the point where you thought maybe you needed to call the police. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So that was in 2017, the year my dad died. So like I said, he, pa- he passed away in March of 2017. And, you know, it, things were quiet. And uh, then in May, no, was it May or June? No, in June, it was uh, a Thursday, 7.30 p.m. It was sunny that day. I started, that's when we started, I started having experiences uh, consistently in my apartment. So when we went to go see the medium in September and he said, you know, you're going to continue having experiences. You've seen your dad. You and your daughter are hearing noises. You guys are seeing things. He said, don't be scared. Just embrace it. No, it's your dad. I said, okay. Okay, I'll try my best, right? 
So this was in September. Then in December, my mom, she, she was living with us at that time, but my mom ended up moving out in October. And then my son moved in and moved out a month later. So here I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with my daughter. And it was just the two of us and our little dog. So the second bedroom was empty. We always kept that bedroom door closed. This one morning, 419, I don't know why I looked at the time that morning, but I looked at the time and I went to go to the bathroom, but I noticed that the bedroom door was partially open. Now, mind you, this door was kept closed every day because there was nobody going in it and I don't like to keep the doors open. But this morning I saw that it was partially open and I was like, well, that's weird because I know it was closed. So I was about to go in there. It was pitch black, but I said, no, I'm not going to go in there. I said, because what if someone broke into the house? So I quickly went back into my room and I woke up my daughter and I gave her the bat. I said, sweetie, wake up. I said, I think somebody's in that house. She said, why? I said, because the bedroom door is open. And so I called my brother. I said, hey, I said, because he lived on the street. I said, can you come? I said, because I think someone broke in. I said, but maybe I'm just making a big deal. I said, but can you just come and check it out? He said, okay, I'll be there soon. So I grabbed the scissors and there was nothing happening, right? Everything was quiet. So I was like, okay, you know what? There's nothing. The moment I put the scissors down and I sat down on my bed, we heard the doorknob turn and the door opened and we can hear the door creaking open. Oh my gosh. And I knew it wasn't just me because my daughter heard it and our dog started growling. And we can hear footsteps coming out of the bedroom because the floor was creaking, even though it was carpet, but there was wood underneath. And we're listening to this. We can clearly hear somebody walking, pacing back and forth from our room to the other room. And they were just, and they were right next to each other. So I was like, oh my God, somebody broke in. We're going to get raped. We're going to get freaking murdered. I'm freaking out because I, we can sense that there was a presence right in front of our door. And all I could see was somebody breaking that door down, killing us. So then my daughter says, call the police. So here I am at this point, I'm shaking, my hands were clammy. I could, the stupid phone couldn't read my thumbprint because it was so clammy. And then we hear the footsteps again. They went from the front of our door to the, to the other bedroom. We heard the door knock again and they, shut the door i said oh that i went into complete panic mode i called the police i said you you need to send the police over we think somebody broke in it's just my daughter and i we're gonna get killed i said you need to send somebody now we live in inglewood so i was like okay yeah there's a freaking intruder in the house and so the dispatcher stayed on the phone with me and she said okay we're gonna send somebody right now she said i'll stay on the phone with you so she stayed on the phone with me, what felt like an hour, it was only a few minutes. The police, she said, ma'am, you're going to need to go open the door. They're standing right outside your door. I said, no, I'm not going to freaking leave my bedroom. She said, you need to go open the door. So I said, okay, fine. So I told my daughter, I said, okay, I'm going to run. You're going to be behind me. We run together and we open the door. And we, we pretty much, you know, our backs were uh, touching. And that's how we stormed out of the bedroom. The police came in, they're flashing their flashlights. I tell them, go into that room. I said, that's, somebody's in there. They go in the bedroom and they check the room. It's a small room. So there's only so many places someone could hide. 
there was nothing in that room. The window was closed and the officer said, ma'am, what happened? What, what makes you think somebody was in here? I said, well, my door was open. I said, and we heard somebody outside walking in front of our bedroom. He said, well, there's nobody here. I said, well, can you check, you know, the kitchen, check the bathroom. Maybe they're hiding in the tub. I don't know. Check everywhere. They checked everywhere. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. That's when I realized that it was not a human. It, ha- it, it was a ghost. It was a spirit, whatever it was. But it was so tangible that my mind, I didn't, I never thought it was going to be, I never thought it was a ghost. I automatically thought it's a human. They broke into the house. They're going to kill us. But, but after the police left, I was just, okay, this is, what the hell is this? I, I just, I, I had more questions than answers because I didn't understand what was the whole point of making all these noises. Why did, why did a spirit need to open the door? They can just walk through it. Why were they walking in front of our door? What was the whole purpose of that? But we sucked it up because the medium said, it's your dog. So I was like, okay. I said, dad, please don't be freaking us out. So that, that was the scariest thing. But I think what scared me the most was because I really thought it was a human that had broken into the house. So I thought we were in danger. I thought my daughter and I were going to get hurt. That's why I went into complete panic mode. Once I realized it was not a human, I said, okay. And then a few years later, 2017 and 2020, when I was doing Reiki, no, 2021, when I was doing Reiki at the hospital, I happened to do Reiki on a cancer patient who happens to be a medium. How does the universe conspire, right? Hmm. They always put people in your path that are on the same they walk in the same path. This guy, a uh, very beautiful soul, uh, he had tarot cards there and I did Reiki on him. And he started, he started talking to me and he said, by the way, he said, there's a man next to you that is always with you. He said, you talk to him all the time. I said, okay. He said, it's your dad. I was like, okay, this guy's the real deal. So he told me, so of course he got my full attention. I sat on the, on the edge of his bed. I said, I want to know more. And then he told me, you want to know what happened to that door? He said, something happened to you. He said, where you heard your door open or close? That was not your dad. And I was like, okay. He said, that was a hitchhiker. I said, what do you mean that was a hitchhiker? What does that mean? He said, you picked it up. I don't know from where. He said, you you could have picked it up from anywhere. You could have gone to someone's house. You could have been driving. You could have been walking on the street. You picked up this spirit. And it liked you and it went home with you and it liked your bedroom and it didn't want anybody in that room. He said, it was not your dad. Your dad would have never done anything to scare you guys that way. He said, it was, it was a spirit that you picked up. And that's when I got my answer because I always wondered why was my dad doing these things or why, what was the whole point of it? But now I know that it was not even my dad. But my dad was there. He was watching us. He was taking care of us, probably because he knew there was something else in the house. Wow. It was crazy. Catherine, you're the uh, <laughs> resident expert here. So how do you interpret um, that story that Daisy shared? I love that because, first of all, that's terrifying. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to sound so excited, but I'm over here geeking <laughs> out because just typically <laughs> when I get on and co-host with Noah, I am he draws some pretty interesting and a little um, like more um, energy, more, what is the word I'm looking for? Like more 
stories that know. I would typically shy away from oh. because <laughs> I'm a chicken. Okay. I'm like, what am I trying to say here? Um, I need some of your Red Bull, man. Um, <laughs> so, so when I first, I typically don't connect before one of these episodes, I do exactly the opposite. I shut off, but for whatever reason today, I was like, you know, I'm going to be really tapped in for this. I'm ready for this. And just looking at the story that you had sent, I was like, this, this is not, it's not like a demon. It's nothing like horrifying, but it's a man who feels like disgruntled and frustrated. I wrote down over here, angry human. And it was like this, why aren't you listening to me? And just the fact that you're saying that, like, he's trying to like, that's like his bedroom. He wanted it. That's it. And that like pounding at the door, it's because you and your daughter are both hiding, both fully able to see him, whether you can physically see him or not. You can see him in your mind's eye. You can hear him and and he knows that you know, and you're not responding to him, right? So that pacing is almost like this frustration. And he feels to me like someone who would have been likely a very violent individual in living, very like easily triggered. Um, and, and I think he didn't he didn't like that he was being stopped from doing something he wanted to do. But he also just like, look, dogs can sense spirit. And my experience, like I have a friend who passed who hangs out around me frequently. He was a dog guy. My dogs have never alerted to his presence. They've never alerted to my grandmother. Even when I'm smelling cigarette smoke, I don't, they don't, they're not bothered. Right. But there's been a few experiences where my dogs will sit up and start growling. And I'm like, okay, you got to go. Whatever's here. Got to go. Not even filling in to see what you are. My dog doesn't like you. You're out people and spirit. You got to go if the dog doesn't like you. And that's what your dog was doing. So I feel like as far as a hitchhiker, Again, I wish I would have, I got to start taking notes and like giving them to Noah just to like validate this (laughs) ahead of time. Because before when you were talking about, um, let's see if I can make my brain go back there. Um, You were talking just briefly about one of your stories in the beginning. And I was hearing, I'm like, she like collects spirits. Like they just come to her Hmm. because she's so on all the time that they just like attach And it's interesting because in my experience, I've always told people things don't just like attach to you like willy nilly like that. It's not it's not how it is. It's very Hollywood. But they, in fact, can with you. And they do because you're so open and you have such a need to heal, which, again, is not surprising because you do Reiki. So I think for you, it's more about learning to shut off and to be less open and less available. It doesn't do the world. It does like a disservice. It does you it it helps you to be more replenished and more rested so that you can help those who you're choosing to help because you can't help everybody. So you got to stop taking on that energy. But that spirit that was in your house, not happy, not happy, no, was not a good energy at all. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just loud, which they can be, but he, he was not happy. I'm glad you called the police because I think that was enough. Like he was so in his experience, it feels to me that it would not, it, it, took like calling the authorities for him to be like, I got to get out of here. But it it wasn't like that realization. I feel like there was like a mental health issue or something like that, that would have made his brain like foggy or not understand. And that's what made him kind of leave. Right. And of course there were no doors open. He just poof, he's gone, but he doesn't like, he can't connect that. There's no logic there. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And and even, and even after that police call, it, it got worse. It got, mm-hmm. it got really bad. And After then we they ended left. up having, 
after the police left, yeah, yeah, the activity got far worse. I mean, it got to the point where my daughter and I would take turns sleeping because we were sleeping. Mm. We did not want to fall asleep at the same time because there was so much activity happening in the apartment that we end, I ended up having to give a 30 day notice. I said, we can't do this anymore because my it was affecting my daughter so much. She had dark circles. She wasn't sleeping. Mm. When I saw her crying one morning because I went to go take my mom to work at five o'clock in the morning, I came back. The moment I closed the door, she started hearing noises coming from that bedroom, from the blinds moving, from rustling sounds. And then as soon as I came in and opened the door, it stopped and she was crying. And that's when I said, you know what? I know what the medium said that we need to suck it up, but I'm not going to put my daughter through, it, through this. I gave my 30 day notice. And I kid you not, the moment I gave my 30 day notice, all the activity stopped in that freaking apartment. Wow. Well, so, one thing I'm, think, yeah. yeah, one thing I'm learning from this conversation is different mediums have different bedside manner. I can't imagine <laughs> Catherine ever going, Hey, suck it up. <laughs> Hang out with this ghost. Let's all be I reserve that here. for my regulars. Think had a little bit more tough love. Um, <laughs> One of the movies I think about all the time when we're doing these interviews and, you know, now it's been about three years of this is, and, and it's, you know, it's one of the old school greats, but it's Sixth Sense. And there's so many times where I hear a guest or a, a guest co-host like Catherine, where I go, wow, you know, parts of that movie really do exist in that experience that the the child was going through, except I'm kind of learning that it's not necessarily as if you're you're visually seeing every spirit slash ghost in every corner of every room, it may be that you're feeling this spirit in this room with you. You're hearing this ghost in this room, and that that's not something I had really ever considered because the only thing I really had for most of my life to teach me about quote unquote the the ghost world or spirit world was you know movies that were made, uh, scary books, you know what have you. So it's it's been such a fascinating thing to hear these tangible stories from people like Daisy and Catherine. Uh, it's it's really is amazing, and you know, we started this journey being a skeptic, and while I still kind of jump around on that scale, I mean, I, I I certainly believe that there is something there, and I have a hard time. Maybe it's just trust issues I have while I I obviously believe Daisy in the story she's telling. I, I certainly believe she's telling the truth. It's so hard for me to fully commit into being like, yes, I I am up to this person's belief level now. But man, the more these stories I hear, it's just, it's hard not to be in awe. And I guess where I'm going with it, Daisy, I just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing uh, this story. Because much like you, you know, there are going to be other people that hear your story, and then they're going to feel like they have the confidence. Uh, and they know that this is a safe place. And, and you know, we can build that trust to hear that story. And hopefully it really helps people like you, you know, even maybe it's not like a quote, unquote, fix all, but it gives you it gives people some comfort to know, hey, there are other people out there going through these things that I'm going through. Yeah, I, I'm so happy that I came across your your podcast, honestly, because I felt you guys, you know, you, JJ, Kat, Catherine, you, I can sense you guys are not judgmental, even though I know, you know, skeptic. And I just felt so comfortable. And I said, you know what? I'm going to come out of the closet. 
so to speak, you know, I said, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm ready to share my stories because for so long, it's, I just, I just thought I was losing my mind, but you know, I, I don't care anymore whether people believe me or not. Yeah. It's just something that I know it's going to happen. And so I just, I, I just have to learn how to control it or, and, and how to make good use of it. Sure. Cause that's what at the, at the end of the day, it's to help people out. And, and that's, that's what I want to do. And so Absolutely. I, I want to thank you guys for this opportunity and, and letting me share my stories, which I have a lot more, but maybe I'll come on another time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to hear them all. Well, Catherine, can you share with our audience as we kind of wrap up now where all the amazing spaces, they can find you, interact with you, hear your great podcast. Where does Catherine's social media presence live? I am on TikTok at Catherine Ann Intuitive and Instagram as Catherine Ann Intuitive as well. I have a podcast called Murder and Mediumship. It's pretty great. I'm a big, big true crime fan. I like that show. Um, <laughs> just to toot my own horn there. And then I also just lost my train of thought again, but I'm actually teaching just, I have to say this because we've been talking about this the whole time. I teach intuitive development and the next um, time that starts is in the beginning of March. So it's a really fun experience. Uh, we are not very serious, as you can tell from you hearing me on this show here and there. Uh, we like to laugh. We like to have a good time. And we like to learn how to safely connect with spirit. But that's where you can find me. And if any of you ever want to just send a DM and ask some questions and learn a little bit more, I am so here for that. I love to go down the ADHD rabbit hole and have conversations. So please message away. And thanks for having me on, as always. Of course, you're always a delight to get to catch up with. And and I'm just lucky that I have found some real friendships through this podcast and people that I can create with. And I certainly consider um, Catherine one of those people or you one of those people. I don't know why I keep talking about you in third person like you're not. This is I don't the, know. I the, love Red Bull, the Red Bull <laughs> that is uh, bulging through my brain. I will share bulging. one quick thing. So I went to a, it's kind of more of a somber tone, but there's a, an interesting thing I discovered in it. So I went to a funeral this past weekend in Florida and I traveled from Atlanta. My family traveled from Mississippi and I met them down there. And so, you know, the podcast comes up a lot just because I don't know, a lot of people don't know people who one podcast and two podcast about ghosts, right? So it's always like a topic of conversation. And so I was sitting eating with my my immediate family and I've talked about on the podcast before. My dad has some weird premonition stuff. And then my mom has like a lot of like these dream things, which I knew, but I, I hadn't, we hadn't talked about in a while. And uh, we were kind of going in detail about it. And she was telling me, she recently met a handful of celebrities and I can't really go into why or how, but um, it has something to do with, with her job. And before it happened, she literally had a dream the day before of the exact people that she met and then there they were. So, it, you know, it's, it's unusual. I mean, that's, it's just a novice in all of this. And, you know, I've had so many mediums, so many, it's not like I talked to a bazillion mediums, but mediums I've had on the podcast have been like, you know, if this is something you want to explore, you should explore it, your family and you have these things happen. And I don't know, I'm not quite as brave as you guys. So I think I'll just keep living. This. They'll keep living vicariously <laughs> through you all. Well, Daisy, as we wrap up, I don't know if you have any social media or anything you want to plug with our audience. Um, is there anything else you'd like to leave with us before we end the podcast? Um, I'm on Instagram, Mystical Elements 1111. 
And okay. so, you know, if people want to check me out, I also have my website, mysticalelements1111.com, if they're interested in getting Reiki. Awesome. So, Is there a significance yeah. to the 1111? 1111, I started seeing that number a lot after my dad died. Every time I would ask for signs. 1111, yeah. 1111. So I numbers, knew that was my dad. Yeah, so. numbers are really interesting that way. I have something similar. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. And before thank we you get you me. out of here, gosh, you told such a heavy, amazing story. It feels so gooby to ask you to do this, but we would love for you to do the outro with us where I'll say my name, <laughs> Catherine will say her name, you'll say yours, and then we all go, woo! at the end is that something that <laughs> yeah. you're up for yeah of course okay. with that i'm noah daniels i'm Catherine. i'm daisy okay thank you all for being such great sports thank you and- guys hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm Torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.